Hey, it's Sean. Welcome back. It's been a while. Listen, I'm obsessed with tiny homes and the tiny house movement. I have been for years. I follow a ton of people in that space, and I'm always looking for new, inspiring builders. So when I came across today's guests, man, I was floored by their home designs, which I think are among the very best that I've ever seen. And then when I learned their personal story, I wanted to talk with them because I knew they completely embody the ideas that we discuss here on Next, like having the courage to listen to your heart and, I guess most importantly, not being afraid of change or risk if it will get you closer to your happiness, passion, fulfillment. Now, I could go on and on about why I'm fascinated in tiny houses, but Heather said it better than I ever could, so I'm going to let her do the talking. Ladies and gentlemen, Heather and Kevin Fritz are next. I see tiny homes as a key piece to intentional and healthy community moving forward in our world. Seeing a tiny home as a mother-in-law suite allows family together. That's healthy community. Allowing people to live nature-inspired. To take a tiny home and put it on a small piece of property so that you can live surrounded by nature and live in a way that aligns with your values. That's the heartbeat right there. To come alongside a couple who wants to shed debt and live financially free, a tiny home can be that for them and allow them to then put their money other places. I really see tiny homes for the next generation as affordable housing. And so for those that care a lot about our climate, a tiny home allows them to live out of a place of value. Well, let's go right back to the beginning now. So what were you two doing prior to this business? Well, we actually were. You're raising a very large family. First, that was yeah. that was the big one. Yeah, I creating mean, our, and raising a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, our story. I mean, we got married. We built the house we live in now. That was kind of like a very formative. Well, it was a huge deal. We were 23 years old, trying to figure out how to be married, how to live in a bus, and build a house. Wow. And I did not know how to build a house, so that made life. You know, that was interesting. It was like the craziest learning experience in my life, which is uh-huh. for me very fun. It's before um, the days of, you know, before the days of being able to look up things on your phone. So he would go sure. to the hardware store and like, or the library and like open up books and things like that. So I couldn't afford to cool. buy the books. So I yeah. just read them and then go home and try to remember everything. <laughs> what what compelled you to want to build your own house? I don't know. I just, I always wanted to. My, my dad kind of, my like, I suppose this generation, my grandpa, they came over from Germany and him and his brothers all built a house for the oldest brother. And when they were done that, they built the house for the next brother and so on. Uh-huh. And then my dad, I mean, he's a music teacher, um, but he's too cheap to pay anybody to do anything for himself. So he learned all this stuff. And so he ended up being a big part of building their house in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I've just always been around it. Um, I guess we're not afraid to do things that we uh, don't know how to do. <laughs> when we were, when we were dating, awesome. he had said, would you be mm-hmm. cool if we, you know, built a small little like log cabin off the back of my parents' property. And that's kind of like where <laughs> it was at that point. And I was like, oh man, that sounds awesome and super fun. But then, you know, things progressed. And his uncle had the land that we have on right now, which is right next door to Kev's parents. And the timing just worked out. And he was like, you know what? What if we did this? Like, I'm going to, this will be my job. Like, and so literally with a graph paper and a pencil sketch, Kev and his mom sat down at the kitchen table and drew out the plans for our home. And they were approved by the Amazing. county and dug in and we started building. And yeah. And so in order to do that, 
we, yeah, we ended up living in an Edmonton city bus. So we lived, uh-huh. lived so it was just easier. It to, wasn't like, we didn't know it as living yeah. tiny at that <laughs> no. time. Sure. Trying to stay, Hello. you know, Hello. trying to stay up <laughs> yeah. someplace is what we knew it as trying to reduce your overhead to put all your money and focus into the house and how long did it take you to build a house i don't know forever (laughs) no well technically (laughs) it was five years from start to finish because kev literally did and i literally did everything like every beam is brought in and sanded and the the fireplace behind us like we built it stone by stone but we were in the house within within a year and a half we were in the home um we finished our master bedroom first our kitchen was in the garage with no heat. I remember cooking um, our first turkey dinner for Christmas, and we had patio furniture kind of in where we're sitting now in our dining <laughs> yeah. room. And yeah, okay. made that turkey dinner in the. We, yeah, in we the had like people over for Christmas like that. <laughs> Christmas you know? tree, so. the whole thing. So yeah, finish the house as we go. So <laughs> it wasn't until like it was a good five years till the whole thing was complete. But mm-hmm. mid that time, that's when Kev started his career. I started working as a stair and railing designer yeah so yeah so i ended up working for a custom stair and railing shop as a carpenter um Mm -hmm. building like custom curve staircases and all that and then i kind of moved through that business got into management sales design all of that project management. did you study anywhere for design or you just no i uh, i always yeah i always joked that i went to as little high school as i could manage while still getting a diploma so that was kind of my path bad bad advice mind you but um <laughs> heather, heather did enough school for both of us so <laughs> he dreamt of when he was little you'd ask you know his mom what he yeah. wanted to be when he was a grown man and it was an architect and a rodeo clown so wow <laughs> well you got one of two down or maybe yeah, you have two exactly. what do i know have you yeah, pursued no, the second yet no, I mean, I got like, I got a bunch of kids, so it kind of feels like that sometimes, you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it was funny. I wanted to be an architect and then I realized you had to go to school forever and not yeah. liking school. I decided that was a horrible idea. <laughs> and so the fact that I've kind of come around on that in a layman's way is like really satisfying for me. Yeah, um, I bet. Yeah, I bet. I can tell so, by your uh, walkthroughs of your places how how much you love that and how proud you are of the things you're discovering and your design. And, and how about you, Heather? How did, what was your background then academically? Oh, you you did a lot a of wind- school. Yeah, it was a lot of school. It was a winding path. I was in nursing and oh, okay. uh, kind of pursuing the doctorate route um, that way. But I think I was really doing that. Not for me. Maybe, you know, when mm-hmm. you get trapped, you doing things for what other people want for your life and not for what is in your heart. And uh, I don't do well with blood. So, okay. so you know, Fine it was two, two years through a four-year program <laughs> and it's just like stressing me right out. So I got out of that and got a Bachelor of General Studies and went on to do a master's in intercultural studies. And um, yeah, school was, re- I was really defined by school in those early years. I knew how to do school well. I knew how to get really good yeah. grades. That's where I knew how to succeed and how I defined myself. And and then Kevin and I um, got married and he helped me shake that all up. You know, he said mm-hmm. to me the first year we married and I was slugging it away at this degree, not even really necessarily knowing what I was going to do out of it. It was more out of like, I don't know what else to do. I know how to do school. So let's stay safe and, and in school. And you're not a quitter. And I'm not a quitter. So it's like, if I set up <laughs> to do something, I will no. finish it. And then, yeah, we're just, but we're told to do that though, too, right? I know, I mean, right? It's just yeah. so many societal norms and programming right from young age. And 
what I think is exciting about people who make career changes like you have, uh, Mm -hmm. or anybody who just follows their own path is that it's such great modeling for their kids, Hmm. kids out Mm -hmm. there. It was a big part of why we did what we did when we started Fritz Dining Homes. That was one of our kind of what we call our cardinal reasons, right? So was wanting our kids to see us work and provide. So, so you so you built this now. house, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you. Go ahead, Heather. Yeah. No, and to see us do something that we are passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, seeing yeah. us in a career that we truly feel like we're using our skill sets and we're doing something that brings us life. I think we can get ourselves stuck in so many paths in life where, like you said, we're just doing the thing and it's not life-giving. And that's just no. not a life. So mm-hmm. No, life is too short. Mm-hmm. My uh, my mom told me a story recently when I was back in Newfoundland uh, that my uncle Tom, at sixty two, people kept trying to convince him to to pull his pension, you know, trigger his pension, and he kept saying, "No, it'll be worth more in three years." And then a year later, he was gone. And, yeah, uh, for some reason that really, I mean, we hear these stories. I've heard these stories my entire life, but for some reason that really struck me this time when mom said that because life mm-hmm. is so short, so short. So you were um, you were you were designing staircases, working with that company. You were either studying Heather, or you were helping to raise. Well, yeah, four kids, four kids, right? Yeah, Yeah. I was raising four kids, and I was also (laughs) working for the company that Kev was involved in. I was doing doing their marketing, and then help them open up the U.S. division of selling railing and stairs into the States and help them build out a website and a portal to be able to do that. So we're, we were both like together working for that common dream of like really building a life for ourselves in this company. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, so, so then that also set the stage for working together and like you said, having a common goal. And so then what was the thing that triggered, triggered your move into starting your own company? Uh, you know what? There's a lot to it. It was not an easy decision or a slow decision. It was a long decision, way too long to discuss really in the, the context of this. But at the end of the day, we got lots of time though. <laughs> yeah, well, at the end of the day, it's simply this. We had things that we wanted to accomplish in our lives. Like we talked about, we want our kids to see us work. I didn't want to leave in the morning and, and come home after dark and have my yeah. kids wonder what I was doing all day. Um, we wanted to build something that was ours. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we felt like we, we carried the burden of ownership personally in a company that we didn't own. Like we treated it like it was ours. That's how we work. That's who we are as Mm -hmm. people. Like we're growers, we're builders. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what gets us out of bed in the morning. And when that isn't a reality, like I found it hard to get out of bed in the morning. Um, So it was just that idea of like, well, what am I great at? You know? And I was like, I'm a builder. And I don't mean a physical builder. I just mean, I'm like, I'm a grower. I like, I like change. You're I like a creator. I'm a creator. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I just wanted to be easy to get out of bed in the morning. And uh, I, that was the biggest thing that like, like building a house taught me a lot about building, but it taught me how to get out of bed in the morning. Like when you yeah. build a house for five years, man, you like, like I'm a stubborn person and I honed that trying to build mm-hmm. a house. Um, not really knowing what I was doing and realizing that like I had to put every stupid nail into this thing. And it's like, it just feels like it's an endless an endless task. Like there's no, there's no end in sight. And so I honed that stubbornness. um, And I wanted to use it for us, like for my family. So that was exciting for me, the idea of just, just doing our thing, you know? 
So there's a, a short version of it. Um, and watching him just like kind of go from being so creative and so successful in that company and seeing him create and seeing his staircases go to Maui and New York and Pacific Palisades to then all of a sudden this turning Kev where it felt like there's a lot of life drained out of him. And I would say mm-hmm. like that season of life, you were depressed. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's the first time that we kind of experienced that kind of mental health um, in, in our relationship. And, you know, when you see that when dinner's done and he's like, wants to lay down and doesn't really want to play with the kids and is kind of lifeless. It's like, whoa, <laughs> that this yeah. has got to stop. It's not. And yeah. quite honestly, before it happened, I didn't believe it was possible. Like I felt invincible. I feel invincible mm. today. Like it feels like that wasn't me, but yet it happened. And, uh, yeah. and it just, it just got to me. It ate at me. And I was like, no, we got to change life too short. So, well, I think it's a common, I mean, I have it too in my work, you know, there's, there's stuff that I take great pride of ownership and in, in some of the projects that I'm involved in. And I feel like I've given part of myself to it. And then other times I feel like I've given part of myself to something that I just don't believe in. Not that you yeah. didn't believe in the company you're working for, but, yeah. but, uh, on some level, I don't know what, but at some level you just felt like it wasn't really your home, I suppose, or it wasn't the place where you wanted to invest all of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that feeling. And then I've gone through depression as a result of that too. And that's ultimately why I've started this podcast. I think because I was in a depressive state, but because I just think it's important that we question how we can make changes and question where we are in our lives and, and mm-hmm. do we need to make changes? And, uh, you know, I think it's important to circle back and always examine where you are. And if you're following what you think is your purpose or your, your passion, what you love to do. And, and so for me, with you guys, first of all, I have been like a, my brother's a builder and a, and a, and a, and a fisherman. I'm from Newfoundland. He's a fisherman. Mm-hmm. He's a builder. He's a, he's a, he's a master builder out there which he just learned by himself as well and uh and he's also a, an electrician he's just one of those guys who goes i think i'll just go and uh, challenge the uh electrician test and he goes in and does it and now he's yeah. you know the guy who does all the electrical work on the west coast of newfoundland so <clears throat> i've always had that as a reference point but i've always been fascinated with building even though i haven't really built anything myself so mm-hmm. way back in the day i would be looking at straw bale houses and geodesic domes and any kind of alternative housing you know container uh, shipping container homes etc but then i went down the rabbit hole of the tiny home thing probably i don't know i think when we when we saw you at the fair i think pj said around 10 years by the way pj's dad's name is fritz Really? That's cool. Yeah. Really? First name. <laughs> yeah. First name. First name. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> so he, t- he took it seriously. Not like your grandfather. He first name. <laughs> Priority. Uh, I had a, I had a girl in high school that I took to, to a prom or grad. And I remember one day she's like, Fritz, what's your last name? And I was like, it's actually Fritz. My first name's Kevin. Thanks. But we've known each other for three years. But it, <laughs> yeah. He was known as Fritz at high school. Yeah, I'm sure Fritz is more difficult to explain as a first name than it would yeah, be. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I've been I've been into looking at tiny homes forever and ever and ever, and uh, and uh, I came across you folks on Instagram, and your design was just so unique that I just started following you because I really loved your homes, and then gradually I got the sense that there was a history prior to you starting the business and the fact that you're a husband and wife. And then I saw that you're raising four kids and that's obviously a a big priority in your lives too. Like you, 
you clearly spend time together as a family and that's as important as anything and as important as your business. And, uh, yeah, I just find it really inspiring. And, uh, and so I guess the idea of exploring change and clarity of vision and having the courage to make the change is the kind of thing that I talk about on the podcast, but I'm also really interested in how you chose to start designing the house, these houses, the way that you did. So, like, did you look at traditional tiny houses? I say traditional. I mean, they're not that old, but there certainly was a certain kind of template that tiny houses followed for a long, long time. And well, it I feels like that, you're kind of breaking the mold there. Yeah, I think that that goes to how we started this. And it literally was this choice when we, going back to the story, where we knew we needed to get out of our current situation and make that choice. And it was like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? And Kev and I were like, okay, well, how about we just take all that we are, put it together and go pursue something. And we were on a date night um, walking on this really beautiful promenade in Edmonton on Jasper Ave. And it just seems to be this place that we go. And when we, whenever we go and walk there, it's like, tends to be. It's important. It's important. We don't go there often. (laughs) And we just, yeah. And so we're walking along and we're like, we knew that the time was done at his career and Hmm. what are we next? And literally out of nowhere, Kev's like, well, what about tiny homes? And I was like, tiny homes. Like we, I don't follow, I don't watch the show. So you hadn't been watching the shows or any of that. It just came to you. No, there was some conversation with a couple guys at work, some friends. Right, right, right. And we yeah. were like, hey, we should like, because he he had built like an R, uh, the one fellow had built an RV for himself. He was really cute and yeah. really cool. And we're like, man, we got the skill sets for this. Why don't we like put together one of these on the evenings and weekends and do a little side hustle, right. which mm-hmm. would have been in retrospect, the worst idea we've ever had. Right. Because <laughs> um, it's super involved. You don't side yeah. hustle. Yeah. Involved. That's not a side hustle. Yeah. And so we just kind of talked about a little bit there and it was kind of this fun idea and then it was left. And so obviously mm-hmm. it was somewhere in the back of my mind at this point. It wasn't, it didn't come out of nowhere, but we, we had another idea of a business that uh, we really, I still have great interest in launching one day. Um, that's the adjacent business. Um, and there was an impatience in me. And I was like, wow, if I, knowing what I knew then, which was absolutely nothing, and I would have been totally wrong. Um, but I was like, man, this is like a two or three year process to get this launched. And I was just like, I don't have two or three years right now. I was mm-hmm. like, I need to do something now. And so it was, there was a little bit of impatience there. Um, but it was, I think there was wisdom in that impatience too, where it's funny, like, um, this is, this is going to be bad advice. <laughs> okay. So, but I think the word like, like ignorance gets thrown around as an insult in our society a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an insult. I've never seen it as an insult. I just think it's like, ignorance is not stupid. Ignorance is just something you don't know yet. And so I take ignorance as a bit of a, a challenge sometimes rather than an insult. Right. So, so we were super ignorant to a lot of things when we launched our business. We were ignorant as business owners. We were ignorant to a lot of things in the tiny home community and the whole tiny home industry. Mm-hmm. And none of that scared us because I've kind of embraced ignorance. I mean, I built a house as a 23-year-old not knowing how to build yeah. a house. And I feel like sometimes ignorance, if you have a confidence or like an effective toolkit and a confidence that you know how to use it, ignorance isn't that scary anymore. Um, the dumb analogy that I love to use is like, it's like jumping out of an airplane. It's like throwing a whole bunch of junk out of an airplane, jumping out after it and having the confidence that you'll build some way to fly away or land before the ground hits. And that's yeah. how I try. Like we try to approach life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a way of like, we, we have a confidence in ourselves and our abilities, our tools, our tool sets, our experiences. And we, we know that it's like, if we choose to do something and we're passionate about it, we'll figure it out, you know? Yeah. And so that's not advice I give to everyone. Um, that's advice that works for us, for our personalities, for our, and, and, and honestly, it wouldn't work for me and it wouldn't work for her, but it works for us. Yeah. Wow, so interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I, I feel the same way. I mean, uh, everybody has their own spiritual beliefs or no spiritual beliefs. But for me, I really do believe that the universe will provide. Like, you just have to have faith that what you need will come to you. And I've lived my life that way. I, you know, I've been a, I've been a performer all my life. And at one point, I did a pilot for a series in Los Angeles. When you do a pilot, that's the first episode of the show. It doesn't mean that the show's going to go. Mm-hmm. But, but you do it. And then you wait to see. Well, we did the pilot for this show, and uh, I decided to move to L.A. with my family afterwards, having no idea whether it was going to go or not, and invested in the house. My brother came down. We actually renovated a house. We did the whole thing before we even know the, knew the show was picked up. But, but sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to find trust in something, right? Because that's, that's, the, that's the thing that sustains abundance for you, sustains uh, um, a sense of adventure. I think. And that's so important. And we lose that as time goes on so quickly. Well, and with, in the context of our business today, if we had waited to cross every I or cross every, cross every T dot every I and make sure that we had every answer. I mean, we still wouldn't be starting today. Um, Right. We still don't have all the answers, like not even close. Mm -hmm. And yet we're doing this thing. We're finding this like a little element of success or the beginnings of success. We're finding like a love for what we do. Um, yeah. And it's like, so we wouldn't trade that for anything, but yeah. had we waited for it all to be perfect, I'd be depressed and working at that last well, company. And we today. wouldn't have like, we made a business plan. Like when we decided let's do, let's do tiny homes, we <laughs> drew up a business plan and Total we started garbage. We started like approaching <laughs> phones and like all these things like you would typically do if you want to start something yeah. and we let the door shut on every corner mm-hmm. it was no mm-hmm. and so we're like okay but we believe in this like kev we ended up also finding out within two weeks of us really exploring the tiny home movement that there was um a tiny home conference in edmonton and so mm-hmm. we paid money and went um kev went with the idea of he had a lot of ideas in his mind of what based on his past experience what he would maybe want to bring to the small space movement and for me i was going going i want to know who's buying these tiny homes like, I want to get to know people. Like, are these people that we would want to work with, that we would want to serve, that we want to build homes for? And we left that experience going, wow, these are incredible people. Mm-hmm. And he left going, he came home and he's like, have, I have so much to offer. Like, I have so much to offer. So that yeah. led us going, well, how are we going to do this? So we knew, because it's who we are, that we just jump in with both feet and throw it all the airplane window and it'll come. And so we, we remortgaged um, our house and based on the five years of us building this home, um, it all paid back for us because we were able to get like a really decent homeowner's line of credit, which is probably horrible business advice Very to bad t- advice. tell somebody to like <laughs> put your house on the line when you have yeah. four kids. And yes. this was prior to COVID. And yeah, the, they opened up a line of credit. Kev's like made a design. He's like, we're going to build this. We didn't even have a buyer yet. And so hang on. How long ago was this? What year was this? This was, this was um, December of 2019. We oh, started crap. building January of 2020. 
Yeah. Wow. And then, and then COVID wow. hit and there was times when he's building this house on our land under a tarp shed. I have four kids at home homeschooling. I'm crying yeah. in the bathroom because this is all way too much. <laughs> Wondering yeah. like what is going on with like with the pandemic and just the uncertainty of like, I cannot believe we did this. But yet we knew and we knew that it was all we knew. Like there was this yeah. knowing it was scary. And there mm-hmm. it required a ton of bravery and believing that like that it will all work out. Um, did you have major supply chain problems at that point? Or was yeah. everything? Oh, yeah. 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 Huge, huge yeah. cost increases, like ones that are ridiculous to talk about. Yeah. Um, they seem like implausible, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's all we've ever known. <laughs> so, you know, on one hand, it's almost like that's almost a blessing. Like we only knew the weirdness that we've been living the last whatever, yeah. four years in. We've never known these smooth expectations and all that. And then all of a sudden had the rug pulled out from under, under us. Like we've, we've only known this. And so. Mm-hmm. And we've only known like zoom too, which yes. it's just like mm-hmm. that really, like that's when that really took off and it was a way to like really communicate and, and have heart to heart with people. So we built our business on, on this zoom platform. And so all of a sudden that even it's like, it wasn't just a little local market that we were um, building for it. It, well, it, it was larger. And that really happened through us, us building that first home and putting it on um, the market. We have friends um, that are great um, web designers and brand marketers and brand and just love telling stories, um, have a production company. <laughs> and they're really close friends with us. And they just encouraged us and they really believed in what we were doing. And they said, Heather, like, get on social media and just share the story of you guys building this house. And I'm like, well, I'm not even like, I had like, a tiny little Instagram mainly inspired because my like 87 year old grandma at that time had asked me to get on the platform so she could see the grandkids grow up. Like <laughs> I was very private and now look wow. like I'm there sharing, we're sharing part of our lives. But see, my, my, my uh, impression was that you were just a, a, you were a company that was well-established and this was your story that you were starting to give out there from a promotional point of view, having had, you know, everything, all your ducks in a row. Well, that's no, uh, so fascinating. I want to go back. Just, I want to go back for one second, though. Yeah. Sorry, say yeah. what uh, you were putting them in a row on social yes. media, right? <laughs> well, that's good because while well, you're 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 visualizing as you go too, right? Like well, what your story is, what you intend to do, how it's all playing out in terms of the build. That's perfect. We we went to our friends at Anthem Creative, like right at the beginning, and we said, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're starting a company. Here's what we're doing. We need a brand." And they're like, we've never done this before. It's like you're building a brand first before, the before we build a product. Right. And they're like, this is fun. And yeah. they loved it. Because again, it's the idea of like, we're going for it. We're, we need a brand. Did, did you, did you, did you show the designs or anything like that? To yeah. Kind of support yeah. your brand. One yeah. Yeah. One One design. Design. yeah. And well, you know, we you're like it. Tesla. You've got, you've got, you've got a limited number of designs. And, and that's what the, they do with the Model T. You know? so they had one design. <laughs> And they they built a lot of those, and so you you've got a great yeah. model for yourselves as well. That um, one that design they ended up um, coming out and really helped us out as friends, just like taking beautiful photos of that first tiny house that we built. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, just great. Put mm-hmm. out there, and that's when 
that's when things really took, wild. got wild for us and took off. And so <laughs> those designs that went on Instagram, that sorry, not the designs, the finished photos of our first build went on mm -hmm. Instagram and somehow um, Dwell Magazine saw them and mm. reached out to me. And I, this is the ignorance, I did not even know at that point what <laughs> Dwell Magazine was. And mm -hmm. I literally... Um, honestly, like mid, mid interview on the phone, like things were breaking up and I was like, I don't even know who this is. And, and I just said, Hey, like, do you, I don't really have time for this right now. And I literally <laughs> like shut dwell down and she's like, Hey, well, let me call you back in another time. And then had the interview, they did the uh, article and it ended up trending on the Apple news app. And that yeah. was a very, across the United a States. Very wild day. Yeah, it's a great article, and and I mean, your house is just so unique. I mean, it really fits the dwell niche of the modern design and everything. But mm -hmm. and to have that in a small space is so unique. Uh, I just want to go back for a second, though, Heather. You were talking about going to this uh, conference in Edmonton mm -hmm. and kind of getting. Uh, positive confirmation that these are the kind of people that you would want to work with and build for and that sort of thing. So what did you find the people who, who did, who, who were the people? Well, the people, the types there, of people. yeah, the people and in there, general, who, who are, who are, who are the clientele and who are the yeah. people you're finding in the community? Yeah. Um, in general, it's people that are thoughtful people that, mm. um, that want to live from a place of value and are are taking a bit of a risk in life. If you're going to buy a tiny house, you're not buying into the traditional narrative of the housing market in our world. Um, yes. Whether it's going to be your full time home, your secondary residence, your mother in law suite, your retirement, your there's so many reasons that we sell tiny homes to people. But mm -hmm. every one of them, it's it's a non traditional choice. And so I think that I resonated so deeply having just made that decision to do something non-traditional and with just the way that Kevin and I just, we just strive to live so intentionally with our family and mm -hmm. relationship as, as a couple that sitting down with people that are, that are there, like sketching out their dream tiny home or choosing to go tiny for all the different reasons that they are. There was like some like heart connection there where like I got them and I was like, huh. And I stepped away from that weekend and I was like, man, like we did it. Like we, we did, we've done these like really thoughtful, um, brave things. Mm -hmm. And what I want to help these people do the same, because I know mm -hmm. that for, you know, for Kim, this tiny house is like her oasis and her place of rest and peace as she's a teacher and, and so thoughtfully lives her life. And I know that like for another couple that's looking at this as their like vacation rental property coming alongside them with their kids and what they want to do and the dreams that they have of having this getaway house. I'm like, I get it. Or you talk to like somebody when we're putting it on like the top of a mountain in Crested Butte, Colorado, and the, and they're avid adventurers and skiers and they've, they've raised their family, like just so outdoors the way that we have. I'm like, I resonate with these people. Like it just seems like from almost everybody, there is something about the people that are buying tiny homes that I'm like, I get it. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah. Neat. Don't tell big, anyone. Yeah. Oh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone, but I'm, I'm considering it. We're considering potentially considering a transition, but just between them. We won't tell them. Okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and for me, part of it is, 
first of all, I want to do more things than I have been doing so far in my career. And I want to make sure that I can sustain that move if I do it. So I want to get rid of my overhead and I've got a house that which I own and it's all paid off and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like the freedom, first of all, the financial freedom that'll come with downsizing is a really positive thing. But I think just spiritually, this the minimalism, the, that the, having what you need and nothing else and not being distracted by all the things you don't need, that's an experience that I want to have in my life because I've got a beautiful place and I love it, but I have so much stuff, so mm-hmm. much stuff. And, and I often feel guilty about how much stuff I have, or I feel guilty because I'm not using all this stuff I have, or, you know, it's a, it, I think it, it, it dilutes a person's focus and, and I think it can take you the eye off the ball of what's important. And so that's why I would consider doing it. So yeah, for exact the same thoughtful reasons, you know, it's a, it's a conscious choice towards spiritual freedom as well as financial mm-hmm. freedom i'd say it, it's have a, you ever it's considered a, sorry it's a tool i mean it doesn't matter what you're trying to accomplish it's like it's just this is one tool that can be used to accomplish different life goals quite simply that. that's and that's smart, yeah that's simply that so it doesn't matter what you're trying to accomplish but if this mm-hmm. can be used as a tool towards that and that thing you're trying to accomplish is important to you then that's exciting for us right mm-hmm. quite mm-hmm. so have you considered but, it's a tool, but it, the, if, if the tool really looks great and feels great, then that's yeah. a bonus. Yeah. Um, I mean, w- what I love about tiny homes in the ones, the designs that I love is the, the attention to detail. And so for those people out there, I'm, I mean, I'm sure the people who listen to this are people who have an interest in, you know, this movement on some level and they will have seen videos and stuff, but but the but the virtue of a tiny home is your your all the work that has to go into a big house goes into a tiny home but you're so specific at the appointments you make the choices of design you make everything there's a beauty in that simplicity and everything cuz everything stands out right mm-hmm. and so everything is uh i don't know like a a, a faucet kind of expands in its importance in your life mm-hmm. because it's one of the few details that you have. So you've got to love it and you mm-hmm. have to, you have to be really, you have to find that you, you have to find a, an environment or a design that you're going to be happy to be in for a long time and appreciate mm-hmm. every little element of it. Hey, um, I'm just going to scooch in here for just one quick second to say, if you're enjoying this content, please do me a very big favor and like it and subscribe or follow or whatever the jargon is for the platform you're listening to it on. Uh, It makes a huge difference in getting this out to a wider audience and I can get more people to listen. Thanks. So go back to your design, uh, Mm -hmm. Kevin, how you, how you made the first design. Uh, Well, I mean, I'm sure it's a long story, but it is a long story, but I'll get it. I won't get into the weeds. I'll get into the the generals. Like I, uh, I don't love rules unless I made them myself. Uh, and so I'm a big systems guy. I, I realized that about myself growing up and I was, was kind of shocked about it when you come to the realization. It's like, I love, I love setting systems and boundaries and rules for myself as a way to accomplish exactly what it is I'm trying to accomplish. And mm-hmm. I've learned that more doing what I'm doing now than I ever realized. And so I had an idea in my mind. No, not an idea. I had a, a bunch of ideas and what would create a beautiful tiny home. And I knew that we are dealing with 
a small building. That's what it is. That's just full stop. It's a small building. And so I knew I had to lie to people and convince them that it was big. I needed to convince them that it felt big and I needed to convince them that it functioned big. And mm. so I had to figure out how to lie to everybody. And that was my goal. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I, I, I basically wrote myself out a set of rules and they, they never, I never cut any rules. I just added to them as I started with my first design. Um, I never cut any because I felt that if I thought this, there was wisdom in this, I'm going to see this through to the end of this first design. But I did mm-hmm. add them as I made realizations going through. And you make a lot of realizations the first time you do something. So at the end of it, I had this big batch of rules that I just kind of hung on to. And, um, and I had a tiny house and I thought it was beautiful. And so I was personally like, please. And I'm like, hey, whatever I just did, that worked. Those mm-hmm. rules like they, they led me to this place and I want to be here again. And so then I did it again and I did a completely different home with the exact same decision-making paradigms and same rules. And it worked again. And that gives you a confidence like, okay, that wasn't a fluke. Um, so I would say that I'm, I'm gifted at what I'm doing um, to some extent, um, but I'm also like disciplined in what I'm doing. And Maybe I'm good. Maybe I'm lucky. I don't know or care, to be honest with you. But I have these kind of these paradigms that I work within and they give me these results. And if I don't stray from that and if I add whatever creativity I'm feeling in the moment with whatever creativity is getting added to me by the person I'm dealing with and I put them within the confines of that set, that structure, Mm -hmm. I'm going to come up with a really beautiful home. And I I personally think that it hasn't failed me yet. So um, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that I've 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 really dragged that into life in general because it's I was like, hey, this is not a specific skill set to designing tiny homes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I really try to do that for life. Um, I just set those like I'm I'm totally willing to follow my own rules, uh, less or so other people's. <laughs> I think more of us should be like that. Can you can you kind of put a ratio on how much input uh, a prospective client? comes to you with and how much you, you use that within the design that you already have in place? Uh, I would say, and I'm going to have to expand this, but I'll say tons, but I'll start yeah. with a bit of a, the progression of our company. So when we first started building tiny homes, we built exclusively custom homes. So mm-hmm. Sean, you as a tiny home customer would come to me. I want to, I would like a tiny home. I would ask you a whole bunch of questions. I would ask you, what do you love? What are your hobbies? Show me the art that you love. I want to know the music you listen to because I want to learn who you are as a person um, because I'm going to have to like design something that's quite intimate, which is your home. Right. And so I want to know who you are as a person. And then I took that and I was actually very critical in the beginning of model homes. I was publicly critical. One of the many things I've been wrong about, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but I was publicly critical about model homes. And I said, there's no way a tiny home, a generically designed tiny home can serve a person well enough. And I, I was very public about that. I was like, you have to design custom. And I had all my reasons and all those reasons still make sense. But what I realized is that I designed these custom tiny homes with these people with completely diverse people with completely diverse needs and uses of that home. And I realized that with truly great, and I'll, I'll use the word wise design, that answer can serve so many different questions uh, in a way. So when you have a well-designed home or a well-designed element of a home, that can serve so many different people with so many unique needs. And I did Mm. not see that coming. 
I did not see that coming oh, so at you, all. So you mean a design choice that actually is quite universal in its, That's its right. specific, but it's universal. Yeah. That's right. And so now when I'm designing homes, I'm not designing with a customer, but I'm designing with all of the wisdom and yeah. the knowledge and everything that all those custom customers that I spent hours and hours and hours working with them, I'm using all of that. And that is affecting everything I do moving forward. So highly affected by those clients, um, even though right now I'm not designing a specific home for a specific client. Um, mm. It's just a, a set of experiences like that I've taken the wisdom of those people. And now I'm offering that wisdom to, to well, whoever, to anyone, right, that comes to us. That yeah. being said, we do still go through that process of trying to understand the individual client we do want the home to suit them. We do want to be able to customize it for them, to tweak it, to make it just a little bit closer to perfect for them. Um, and uh, that is an exciting part about the job right now. And it's why we just really like knowing the people we work for, because that's also yeah. exciting. So, it's so for instance, now where it's like we are still meeting with you. And really getting to know you and how to like customize the home <clears> to you. But it's within within these parameters now of efficiencies that that Kev's learned through those beginning years of, of doing custom design and then being able to kind of realize that, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be a blank canvas and starting mm -hmm. every time um, that, you know, we, we were wrong <clears> in that, that <throat> there was there's a through line here of design that gives us such a great um, starting place mm -hmm. with designs that work. And the more yeah. feedback got from people, it was like, Oh, these designs are working. Let's just customize them a little bit further. And mm -hmm. that, that is exciting for the client too, because when you're able to do that, you build in so much efficiency into the build um, into our ability to build more, um, more for less, more right? for less. Yeah, um, it also like drops the bottom line for the client, like yeah. the custom design when you're looking at certifying it, um, doing all the things involved that that kitchen being completely custom every time. It's just, yeah, we would, we yeah. would only ever be able to do like a few builds a year. It's months of effort to design a tiny home the way I'm doing it. It's months of yeah. effort. And so obviously the costs and the resources consumed by that are, are high. So, the ability to, I always, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a cheeky, it sounds arrogant now that I think of it out loud, but I say the best way to minimize customizations in a home is to build something so great they can't imagine making it better. <laughs> and so obviously that sounds super arrogant when I say that, but that's our goal. Yeah. But and that's a that, great aspiration. That makes total sense. It's a great aspiration. To that's how we, what we work towards yeah. kind of the company. And just to illustrate what you're talking about, the way I, uh, the way I perceive it anyway, I, I just met these folks in Ancaster because uh, they were at a tiny house fair there, festival, tiny house conference. What do you call it? Conference show. Yeah. yeah. Tiny house show. And uh, and the model you had there was the Halcyon 2. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Which was delivered the next day to a client, which is so exciting. And um, and it's a great model. And in the back, there's there's so there's a there's a bedroom that's a quasi loft. It is a loft, but you can step up and there's an area to stand up full height and change your clothes and everything. And so it's really more like a bedroom. And then below there's a second uh separate room, which could either be a, another bedroom or an office or whatnot. So within that second bedroom, for example. There's so much flexibility in what that could be used for it. Like for me, I visualize that it would be a place for me to do podcasts. It would be a, 
I'd figure out how to get a little, my little, my huge gym right outside this door would be downsized somewhere to the little gym there. And um, yeah. And so it's about, it's like you said, it's about the most um, utilitarian uh, in one sense design that is also very beautiful, but then has the flexibility to be, have just be multi-purpose. And, and, and mm -hmm. so is that the kind of input that you're, that you're utilizing from the people who come to you is just that idea. Like I know that one of the models, a woman wanted to have a little mini gym, wanted to have a, a place for her Peloton bike, but she also wanted a quite a sizable bathroom. And so, yeah. you know, you found a way to have both those things for her. Yeah, I'm, no, answering, exactly. I'm answering my own questions, really. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it. No, you nailed it. I mean, we people bring us whatever problems. Yeah, it's like, and and we they're they're always apologetic, and I tell them I'm like, stop. I was like, don't apologize to me. They're like, oh, I feel bad. I'm asking for the moon. I was like, ask for it. Yeah. That's, that's a fun challenge. Mm. It is a fun challenge. Like this is what I love. I'm at, at heart, I'm a problem solver, right? So it's like, yeah, bring me your challenges, and I will do whatever I can to meet it, and you learn so much through that and you learn a trick or, a, or an idea. And that idea, if it's a good idea, mm -hmm. that's not the last time you use that idea. You can solve. So, right. I mean, a hammer can get used to do so many things, mm -hmm. right? You can pound a nail with it or you can knock down a wall or you could dig a hole or, I mean, you know what? It's a tool. You have it now. You own it. You're proficient in it. And that doesn't mean that you just use it that one time because you figured out how to use a hammer to pound a nail. Now you get to use that tool in any way you can manage it. And so that's why I love, I love talking about life as like or experiences or talents as, as a toolkit. I mean, obviously being a builder, it resonates, but it's like, get the biggest toolkit you can imagine um, as a, I mean, I'm a generalist, right? Just get the biggest toolkit you can imagine and find out how you can use it in an expert way, in new mm. ways. And I think that's where I innovation that. comes from. That's where, for me, passion comes from, right? Yeah. So that's fun to me. When you two work together, do you share your... Uh you know, your, your, your individual triumphs or your fears or the, the local disasters that happen every day? Like, how do you, do you, do you compartmentalize the business versus the building? Or are you both sharing in both the tasks? How does it work in terms of your relationship? With that? We share everything. We share everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We are each other's like best friends, um, each other's like business partners, um, lovers, parents, the whole thing. Right. And you just can't like, we just found in our relationship in order to do us well, um, we don't compartmentalize things out. There'll be times mm -hmm. when it's like, you know, that we're having a date or something like that. And it's like, Hey, let's just not talk business tonight. Um, yeah. let's just like, let's car. We like, <laughs> we consciously choose to compartmentalize things when, when that needs to be. But, um, but yeah, no, we, are we you good at that? Yeah. He's well, yeah. better at it than I am. <laughs> yeah. I, sometimes yeah. I drag her into it, but I'm, yeah, no, uh, but yeah, I'd say as a couple, we're great at it. Yeah. I would say it's the honest truth. is, It's all we've ever known. Mm -hmm. We got yeah. married. We got married and three months later, we were living in a bus building a house mm -hmm. that, That's you know, so again, full of ignorance, yeah. having mm -hmm. no clue how long this would take, whatever else. It's all we've ever known. Yeah. Um, we survived building a house. We'll survive anything. <laughs> survive having yeah. well, not survive. Survive is a horrible yeah. word. We thrive. Um, no, that's that's. I think that's why I'm attracted to you guys and also your businesses. That there's a real sense of the joy of you 
people thriving. Like you're in your groove, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's obvious that you're in your groove and then meeting you. And then Heather, you showing us around the, that particular model and how proud you were to show everything. And, you know, that's a, it's a great, it's great to be with people who are where they want to, where they, where they're meant to be. That's what it feels like with you guys. Well, it just feels like doing life, doing life alone, sorry, doing life alone or doing life together to be able to share your passions with somebody is just mm -hmm. so much more rewarding than, than, than separately. Like we just love celebrating the win together. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, but also being there going through, we've also gone through like extremely difficult times together, like doing this business and looking at times, like there's been times when I've looked at the bank account and there was our last $5,000. And it's like mm. that last $5,000 needs to go to pay our employees. Like there is, it's done. And you what was the worst experience that what was what was the what was the darkest moment in terms of creating in terms of your business? Um, I think the darkest moment was it was mm. three things that came together at the <clears> same time. So it was 2022. Um, Kev's mom was dying of cancer. And that was really, really hard for us. Like she lives right next door. And so just to journey death and to journey cancer um, and was was really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time we had, um, had a business partner, um, that we thought it was going to be an incredible relationship. We had done all of our due diligence and it just, it, we kind of felt like we maybe had the wool pull over our eyes a little bit. As mm, to, I don't know if that's all really that. No. How do you describe it? Like it just, there was it, a, it some element work. of fear that yeah. drove a wedge between us and the partner. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. from our side. And I think it was a good man who got scared. And uh, either That's way, it soured, it, it soured a business relationship very fast and very um, uh, catastrophically. Yeah. Um, and I can speak more to that if we yeah. if we cared. But yeah. um, the implications mm -hmm. of that were were huge. huge. Like there was a night that Kev worked um, him and our partner, Troy, worked and Cody and Cody worked 36 hours straight in order to meet a deadline. Like they didn't sleep. Wow. I remember driving, him driving home. And no, I didn't drive home. No, I home. went and picked him up <laughs> and I'd never <laughs> seen that level of exhaustion. So mm. mom was passing away this like business partner and the, the implications of that to like meet our deadlines and not disappoint clients and have to have like really tough conversations as to like, you know, why one build was being delayed. And then, um, and then we had a really incredible, exciting build that was going to be happening, um, with mm -hmm. clients that, um, papers were signed. We were expecting money in the bank within three days. It was the and, largest yeah. project we ever would have done. It was a multi-story modular. It was going to change the direction of our company. Wow. Um, and they, um, they had some really <laughs> hard news on their end and they had to pull out oh. of them. and we and just sat we were, there and it was like what? we were short i mean whatever not to get into deals we were short a lot of money <laughs> and we had like three days till payments were due and we had nothing left and so and you had, had remortgaged your house at that point and well, we had no that was used man like yeah. <laughs> we were at the end of our, we were on the last rung of the ladder wow. just hanging on by by one finger and it was like and we sat down well with, we didn't we didn't have like we had that that build was going to be very extensive, so that had like mm -hmm. taken like, a large block of our building calendar. So to mm -hmm. have that removed, and then it's not like you can bump. It, There's nothing there else nothing to build. To we had build. no work. We didn't have any work. 
So we had no work scary. lined up. We had no money and we had bills, lots and of lots scary of bills. bills. Um, and so, yeah. And so um, we sat down actually at this table that we're sitting at now with Troy, our, our, our business partner and friend. And we're like, okay, so what do we do? And uh, poor, here's my, what our fourth piece of horrible advice. <laughs> um, for me, the best way to ensure success is make failure fatal, right? Because then you never quit, right? Um, yeah. And so we sat down and I said, well, we need to do something and we need to do it right now. And uh, an hour and a half later, we had the Halcyon 2 model. And uh, mm. that's where yeah. that home yeah. was born, that, that, that disaster is where that home came out, came out of within 36 hours. We had sold two to two of those homes. We had deposits in the bank and we, we paid our bills and we were not late and we did not go bankrupt. We had two phone how, calls. How did you sell two in 36 hours? It was wild. Sean, we got a phone call, two phone calls, um, one of them through Instagram. So this lady from Montana had been following our journey and she called and she's just like, Heather, like, I just wanted to talk to you. I've, I, I see what you're doing. There's custom and there's Halcyon One. But like, I just, I really want Halcyon One, but I want another bedroom. Is there any way that you could kind of extend the back? Would that <laughs> mm -hmm. be considered custom? You know, my husband and I have just done a huge deep dive on you guys on Instagram. And we really feel like you're the builders for us. And I was like, I literally got like goosebumps. I'm like, wow. what you're asking for is what Kevin is downstairs at the dining room table designing. Feverishly designing. Feverishly designing because <laughs> oh, we, wow. like, I was like, I'm going to be really transparent with you because that's who we always have been. We do not hide anything as builders. Like it is open door. I said, we are at a crazy point in our business. I said, this just happened 24 hours ago. This is what Kev's designing. I don't know what your timeline is, but like we need stuff now. And they were like, well, they saw it and they're like, this is perfect. And what's the coolest thing is they have four kids. They're further along in life. And after getting off the phone and talking to her husband, she called back and she's like, Heather, I want to send you the deposit and I want to make sure that it's in your bank account this weekend. I want you to know oh how serious we are. And she's like, keep going. She's like, you guys have something so special. She's like, keep going and know that it's all going to work out. And it was just like, just such, it was huge for us. And then, uh, and then the next day, Kim called and we had met her at the tiny home show the, um, <coughs> the year before. And she called and uh, she was just like, same thing. Hey guys, like, I know we had been talking custom, but I've been thinking if I was able to do something with your Halcyon model, <coughs> but I needed like, I need home office space that's bigger than like the kitchen counter. Um, is there any chance that you would consider like, would that be custom or what's up? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like how it's like 24 hours later and we're having the same request. And so at that point, Kev actually had something designed on the computer. And so we were like, do you want to FaceTime right now? So she saw it and she was like, that's exactly what I want. She's like, I actually woke up, woke up this morning and she said, I knew I was going to put money down on a tiny house. And she's like, I just knew it was going to be you. And I was like, what? And so, yeah, That's she gave amazing. us a $10,000 deposit and those two deposits and those two builds really are this is how we stayed alive. It sustained us to then continue to develop, continue to grow the company. Um, and continue. take the next steps forward. And I mean, we skipped so much stuff in there. Um, like these, these hardships that we've experienced. I mean, this is like cliched, but it's like, 
it brought about some of the greatest growth in our company. In I mean, our relationship. And, and, and right. So, I mean, like if you look at like, so we lost this business partner with him, we lost um, our like shop. our shop with him. We lost like the person who was actually physically going to be doing a lot of the work. We lost that. And then we all of a sudden had house and we had houses that had to get built. So we needed like a shop and a crew like right now. And so within two weeks, we had a building and a full crew. And to this day, that crew has not changed. And we nailed it. Like, That's incredible. they're the best. It's like one of the things we're proudest of is like these group mm. of, of people that are like mm. working and like have gotten so good at this. Mm. And so we were forced into that. And out of that, like that pressure, we just like, it just all happened. It's a thing that's like, can we imagine doing this? Had we, had this not happened, we would be in such a different place as a company. Yeah. And where we are today is so much better because of all of that garbage that happened to us. And, well, and it, it drove us to a new direction. And even things wow. that we didn't even know that we had <clears throat> needed when we were, um, so within about four weeks of us getting the shop, um, Kev's mom passed away. And before that, we were building it here was on not, our land. It wasn't four weeks. No, it was, was way was less, it less. It was way shorter. We moved yeah, out within the days. The timing's all fuzzy to Within me. days, we had moved into the shop when my mom died. Okay. And we were running the business out of our home. Yeah. Um, so I had trades coming in and out of the house using the washroom. This table we were sitting at, I sometimes would have like three men on computers. People were using my kitchen as as the lunchroom. And we were just like open doors. We can't doors. mourn like, like this. We can't mourn <laughs> like this. You know, like you can't take yeah. time to step back from the business when having them in our house every day. And so that shop and it was, that it was, crew. It was days. Those, yeah. It was, was days before she died. We had moved into that shop and had our home back to ourselves for the first time in years. Yeah. So, And we took like, we took <clears> some time and it was Troy and Graham and Mark um, just said, you guys need to unplug. Like we've got this. Graham and Mark are like, we'll run Instagram. Troy's like, we, I've, I've got the shop. You just take your time. And, and, and that was really critical for us to be able to step back as a family and not to have the business running out of our home and and for us to take the time we needed to just deal with grief. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a, that's such a beautiful story. And it's, and it's why I started this podcast. You know, it's, it's the idea of talking about the clarity of choice and clarity of change and the trust that things will Things will continue moving in the positive direction, you know. And I'm sorry to hear about your mother. We all go through our various uh, challenges like that. And, uh, well, I'm just really glad that your company has continued to thrive through that. And are you mm-hmm. at a, are you in a stable place now with the yeah. company in general? Well, yeah, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, the it's funny. We, you hear the stats when you start a company and it's whatever, depending where you get your numbers, it's like 80 to 90% of companies fail or quit within the first five years. And being as ignorant as we were, as blissfully ignorant, and we're like, there is no chance that's a real stat. There's just no chance, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you get into what we experienced in that summer, month after month of that. And like the third, you know, And you get to the end of that 36 hours and you wake up the next morning having to go back and do it again. And Mm -hmm. it just, the realization hits you and you're like, Oh, this is where people quit. This is where everybody quits. Right. He's like, this is it. I understand for the first time. I understand this is where everybody quits and realizing that there's not 
even a tiny part of you that wants to quit. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. You and just so, summed up the artist's life too, by the way. Sure. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't actually like, I don't like talking specifics when it comes to life. Like, I don't really care. Like, I love tiny homes. I did not know how much I would love tiny homes. I didn't know how much it would like be in my wheelhouse. I that, like that was a, another thing. I was just lucky. I was like, yeah, I think I have something to offer. And it turns out it's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. But if the tiny home thing ceased to work today, I would be doing something else and we would be doing something else. And we would be just as passionate about that. So mm-hmm. for us, all we're talking about is life. And so whether it's being an artist, whether it's starting being an entrepreneur and building tiny homes, whether it's being an athlete, whether it's, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The same thing applies. Nothing that we're talking about is exclusive to business or exclusive to tiny homes or exclusive to acting or art. None of this is exclusive. Life is Mm -hmm. life. And these rules and these, this way of being, it's like, it just, it just works. When you just put your head down, you know you're doing the right thing, and you don't quit. Hmm. And we are going to be okay because mm-hmm. we, That's awesome. we, we see the future. <laughs> um, Kev's just completed designing our four mm-hmm. models, and now we're, you know, he's hitting the floor, and we're building in efficiencies into our business and mm-hmm. building our team, and, and we see the future. You know, are we a year booked out, and we're booking into 2025, and I've got, you know, 16 signed builds, and we can approach the bank for a loan, and, you know, it's all roses, and, not yet. and cash flow is easy. <laughs> no, but that's not mm-hmm. building the business. But we have yeah. what we need, and we have the next step, and and the future is really bright, and we truly believe in what we're doing, and I just... I'm excited for who we get to build for and, and where we get to go with this. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. So people can find you at Fritz, Fritz tiny homes on Instagram, anywhere else that you want to That's go? me um, behind that. Um, yeah. Fritz mm-hmm. is our website. Um, we have say to that again because you, uh, oh. you just cut out. Fritz tiny homes with an S.com is our website. Okay. And then at Fritz Tiny Homes on um, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And then, yeah, we have a podcast too. Yeah, which has a little. You have a podcast. A bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have six episodes <laughs> released. We have another number of them in the bank. But as you can tell, of 2022, a bit busy. <laughs> the podcast was put to the back burner. Yeah, and we it were takes so a lot. It's a lot yeah. of work to put. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk some practical things. What are what are the price ranges for your models in case people are interested in that out there? Yeah. Um, Just general. Well, we, we talk in Canadian dollars. I'll try and, depending on the exchange rate, um, give that mm-hmm. to you. So basically the smallest home we have is a 28-foot tiny home. Really good for like the one, one. one or yeah. two, the Helsing one. Um, it starts <laughs> at 196000 Canadian. So I think that's around 150. 147 US. I don't know. Yeah. And then it goes all the way up to the Halcyon Lux um, is starts at 244,000. Um, depending on customizations and the amount that you're having us like do, um, you know, we can be as full service of a builder. You know, there's clients that we have mattresses, blinds, awnings, skirting, full decking, decking mm-hmm. install, the whole thing, yeah. or mm-hmm. people that just want the home. So, you know, we've seen some homes go over 270,000. So approaching that. Even that high? Yeah. Approaching oh, wow. that with, with install. With um, install. Yeah. With approaching install. that, you know, approaching that 200,000 mark US. So it really depends mm-hmm. on the need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, lot. So, that goes- 
and uh, your your homes can be made uh, ready for off grid living, right? Yeah, yep. that's right. Solar and compostable or or incinerating toilets and mm-hmm. yep. anything else you want to say to that? Yeah, it's. I mean, off grid living is a challenge. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always say, like, if you want to, like, if you're trying to go like with solar and something to supplement or to like try to, you know, save money, tiny homes are too efficient for that. So I say your your cost of living is already your cost of operation is already so low. You can't pay that stuff back is my opinion Mm -hmm. for the exact same reason. It makes it probably the easiest, most functional way to live fully, like truly off grid. And so we've gotten smarter about it. Um, You know, there's the learning curve and some hiccups along the way, but we've gotten smarter about how we do that. And I think we got a pretty slick system now for that, depending on people's needs. Um, But yeah, we have, we have multiple fully off grid units out there who, uh, Mm. yeah who are able to, to do that. And so that's, that's, it's a pretty neat part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the thing we're the most passionate about, but it's, it's fun. It's kind of neat to have that, uh, I guess that built in resiliency mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, what's the word? You give me a bit of a yeah, I mean, that kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happens is that people have a romantic idea of what it would be to be off grid. And, um, but in terms of self-sustainment, you know, there's plenty of ways to do that without spending $80,000 on a solar uh, system or something for your place. And sadly, I understand that the incinerator toilet won't work with the solar grid, or at least it's an incredible dream. You can if you're on a propane or a gas, natural gas one, then it can work. Yeah, well, that's what you have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The electric one can't. It just has such a massive draw. The, the incinerating yeah. toilet's a neat idea. Um, it solves a lot of problems, but it it ha- everything's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Sure. Everything in life's a compromise, so it has its as well. So, so, um, so now you have four models. Are you going to design any more models beyond that, or are you going to stay where you are for the moment? I will force myself to stop for a bit. If I had my way, I would just design and continue to do new things all the time, but that would not serve our business the best right now. So... We are going to stop mm-hmm. there. We have we actually have a fifth product, which is like a studio, like essentially an empty an empty room that that uh, we're just releasing or just released. Yeah, we just got the renderings back on yeah. it, so we'll release that. It's like a 199 mm-hmm. square feet, or it can be even smaller. Um, it's really, pretty flexible, really beautiful, like full glass off the front and a nice big like. Um, so, for example, if w- yeah. if one were to order. If- a halcyon. Mm. If if one were to do that, would you put something like that on on a deck that wraps around the halcyon? Exactly. Yeah. So, we have a really neat project coming up in Washington, and it's a mother-in-law suite. And so they're no, doing a suite for a mother-in-law. Actually, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like just like, a literal yeah. mother-in-law suite. Yeah, <laughs> the mother-in-law will live in the halcyon yes. too, in the backyard as a mother-in-law yes. suite. Yes, and there's going to be two of these halcyon studios on either side of the the Halcyon 2 connected by boardwalks and Decking. one is going to be her mm. quilter's cottage and the other is going to be her gardening is that um, what it oasis. Is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just cool. expands your, we're, we're putting it together because it can really expand your, your tiny living footprint, especially for people that have like really a lot of hobbies. Um, and depending on your climate, especially if you're in more of a we, we obviously we can heat these things and stuff like that too, but um, you know, 
minus 45, you're not really going to walk, want to be walking so much out mm. in between buildings. But in more temperate climates, um, we can expand that footprint. Um, they also can be little guest suites. Um, people could home drop office. it in their backyard as a home office, mm. as a studios, chiropractic, whatever it may be, know. right? Like I, we just wanted yeah. to offer a way for people to expand on the life that they already have or expand on the life that the, the new life that they're going to be stepping into if it just doesn't quite have enough for them. So that was kind of our goal with that. We also have dreams of one new product, which we might mess around with, but we'll see if that happens before we kind of fits in with the, yeah, yeah. tiny home intentional living. Yeah. So we'll be working on something there, but right now what I'm excited about uh, is that I'm actively working on developing our kind of our processes, our manufacturing process, because I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I look at like other, I look at builders like the, the the residential home building industry or other builders, and I see like these monstrous crews. And I guess effectively, I see people working harder, um, just putting throwing more hours mm-hmm. at buildings. And if you have more guys, you can build more buildings, which is kind of that's how that industry works. Like that's what you have mm-hmm. to do. Whereas we're in a different world, we control everything, including the weather. And yeah. so we have this unique place in the building industry where we control it all. We like start to finish, everything is in our hands, including rain or shine. And if we don't leverage that, I think we're being unwise. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to like re, retool, relook at the way that, that these homes are getting built. Um, Troy and I were talking, we said, yeah, we've gotten, you know, we've had some accolades and some notice. We've gotten some publications for our, our tiny homes, the product. And really our next goal is we would like to get into some publications. We want to get notoriety like in manu- for our manufacturing. It's like, how do they do so much with so little? Mm-hmm. And we yep. want to let people wonder. And because that obviously benefits us as a company, but it benefits our clientele as well. Because if we can increase the value of our product while yeah, using less operations is less. And- yeah, exactly. Like everybody wins. And we just like to change the way that people look at the building industry. The machine always- that builds the machine. That's right. That's right. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited. I came from doing it before we started Mm. chatting with you. I'm excited to get back to it when we finish up here. So it's kind of my next little project that, uh, I'm kind of chomping Very at the cool. Bit, so. mm-hmm. Well, then I'll let you get back to that. I, 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 I feel like I, I would love to talk to you folks more, and maybe we'll have that opportunity down the road. Um, Absolutely. I, I don't know. I, I just had a feeling to reach out to you. Of all, I mean, trust me, I follow so many people who do this, but for some reason, I've reached out to you, and and uh, I, I'm hoping to have another uh, builder, or not another builder, but someone who has a show, a tiny home show, on at some cool. point, and cool. it'll be interesting to have his perspective as well. But um, but no, I'm really grateful for the time, and uh, it's such a great story. I've it's very emotional hearing hearing this story and how it's led you to the place you're in right now. And I really appreciate taking the time. Well, and also, sure. people, you need to go to their websites or to their Instagram and look at these designs because they're so beautiful and so original. And if you have any interest in tiny homes, you need to follow them. Thank you. Cool. Anyway, thanks very much. Thank you, folks. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give us a like and a follow or a subscription or whatever the hell it is on the platform you're listening. If you want to see the faces move with the words, you can watch it on YouTube. Next with Sean Doyle. And you can follow me on Insta, Shawnee Doyle. That's Sean with a Y. Bye.